0: Thank you for tuning into the Attack Release Show. My name is Matt, and I am joined by my good friend from Nashville. Sam the Sam Moses. Hi. You're gonna like, you're gonna be on other people's podcasts, and it's just gonna come up as Sam the Sam, Sam Moses. Sam the Sam Moses. Because of this podcast. You know, that'd be a, an honor. <laughs> there you go. A true gift. We'll make a placard for outside your new studio. Yes. Please. Then oh it'll be gosh. like, we'll nail it to the door. Next to the buddy okay. award. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and on today's episode, we are going to be talking about, at least with a working title, of what your clients actually want. Yes. And this is for people who are just getting into it. This is for people who have been to this five or ten years. This is for people who are making money in spite of themselves running very successful businesses, but not actually delivering what their clients like actually want from them, besides just a good-sounding master. So, we are going to tee Sam up. Tee me up. Once he's ready to get into it. I'm ready to get into it. Okay. Sam, why don't you get into what your clients and what my clients (laughs) actually want.
1: Excellent. All right, here we go. So, this is strictly based on my opinion, my experience over the last 10 years of working on music and getting paid to do it. So what I feel like I have learned is that there is an abundance of amateur people going after amateur clients and amateur people spreading information about how to win over amateur clients. And most of us, at the end of the day, really want to work with professionals. We want to be professional. And for me, when I think of professional, I think of labels or artists that are, you know, semi-known or even people that just make really good music. You know, they may have a good studio, they're full-time doing it, they make great records and you want to be a part of it. Basically, they have an actual legal functioning business. Um, these sorts of people, these professionals want to be treated a certain way. And what I found when I first started was that watching YouTube videos and asking people who basically were at the same level I was, I found that people were trying way too hard to get clients. And by that, I mean Mm. they made like massive proposals and gimmicks and onboard processes and all these things and they're basically at the end of the day trying to convince an amateur is trying to convince another amateur on why they should work with them when really they may not even be ready to take on the project which is part of this whole journey that within the music industry people don't like to talk about is like sometimes and we we talk about it because this is real life is you're not Sometimes you're not ready to take on the projects you wish you could take on. And that's fine. You will eventually if you keep going. But when you first start out, you probably don't know much. Your skill level is probably that of a beginner, which is wonderful. And you're probably just trying to figure out, how the heck do I even get a client, let alone keep one, let alone charging, all these things. And so what I have learned is that on the professional level, all my big clients, my bigger label clients that I work with or bigger artists where like my mom knows who they are, all those clients have come from...
0: <laughs> the, it's, it's like the mom quotient. It's the
1: mom, yeah. When your mom <laughs> knows the artist you work with, you have finally made it as a child to your parent. Um, but I'm basically saying that all these bigger clients that I've ever gotten have basically come in the form of... Of a two sentence email, which was like, "Hey, either our normal guy can't do this, or B, we were recommended by the artists that they want you to master it. Can you do it by this date for this amount of money and follow this deliverable sheet?"
0: Which is typically pretty like standard, very standard. What they're asking for, yeah. If, to them, it might seem a little like exceptional, right? But typically, it's pretty standard. It should be what you're already doing. Correct.
1: Like today, I uploaded a new project for a Sony artist, Tyler Booth, whose country artist just got signed with Sony. I speak with his manager at a at Sony. They send me a upload to their network. You follow the sheet they give you for deliverables. You upload it. End of transaction. You have your PO number request. You send the invoice. You get paid. That's it. And that came about by a referral, but the whole interaction, the label didn't one time ask me about my gear or my process. They don't give a shit about me, (laughs) honestly. All they want to know is, here's what we need, here's when we need it, here's what's been approved with the PO for money. Can you do it? And the answer is, yes, I can do this. And then that's it. There's no like well, I'll click on my form and fill this out and do this thing and then look at this thing and watch yep. a demo reel video. And here's a minute, a 90-second <laughs> clip of me in front of a speaker in my studio
0: <laughs> showing you. Listen to you. my 60-episode podcast.
1: Yes. There's nothing, none of that has ever helped me get a client, land a client at the professional level. And I think it boils down to the fact that professional professionals know that professionals will execute well. That's, like, baseline given. Like, when you're in the NBA or the NFL, all those players, even the bench players, are freaking amazing athletes. Like, they would destroy you in any sort of sport. The people you never see play, they're still incredible. They're still, like, 100x better than any, you know, in basketball pickup game player you'll ever run into. Like, professionals always know that other professionals will execute. There's no need to convince, there's no need to show off like flex gear or like show demo reels or have this nice professional like webs even website. Like a lot of my favorite people that I look up to, they even some of them don't even have websites. You just have to connect to them like through their ancient manager website that's like from 2004 <laughs> and it has like a you know an email address and that's all And then you email them and that's it Like it's it's one of those things where like What I found when I was starting Like the first four or five years Was that the more complicated I made the process And the more I tried to basically shine And make the exterior look pretty all All the while knowing like inside I don't have the experience yet I'm not really that great I know I'm good at this. I know I like doing this. I think eventually I'll be able to crush it. But right now, I'm just kind of starting. And basically, I need to accept where I'm at is great and know that the clients I have right now are great and know that if I want bigger clients, that I will have to change my mindset and understand how larger clients actually function. And they function in a super unorganized way. (laughs) which has always been so surprising to me. All my experience with big labels and artists have been some of the most unorganized processes ever. And that's just kind of how it is because the music industry, when you get up higher and higher, you have 20 people involved, 50 people involved, 100 people involved. You have marketing teams, A&R, release teams, people that check the bit rates and the sample rates and formatting. You have all these people involved that basically now like they're all communicating together and if you miss a deadline or if like they're late a week it changes everyone's schedule and costs the label probably thousands and thousands of dollars to miss mm. a miss a release date or to have to push a release date because there's so many people within the team working all around this one product they're trying to get out and sell and market correctly and if they do if they release it incorrectly Then they basically wasted their whole investment into the artists, into me, into everybody involved, into the merchandise, into the website, the social media marketing, the ads they buy, the views they buy, the likes they buy. It's all a waste. And so as you get higher and higher, what I've learned is like professionals just they, they know you're going to do a good job. So they expect you to communicate in a way that's basically like, yes, I can do the work for the deadline. I'll deliver it in this format. See you in three days. And that's it. Like, And when I first started, I used to work with clients who would ask for, hey, what does this all include? And how about these details? And what about this? Let me see your whole gear list. And what kind of room do you work in? And have you, have you heard of this plug-in? And do you use this compressor? And all those people to me, and there's nothing wrong with those people, but what I found from those people is they are shopping for a transaction and for convenience, and they're not shopping for my taste and my interpretation mm. of their art. They're not hiring me for my experience, for my interpretation, for my, you know, spin on their music. They're hiring based on their own bias, which is a terrible way to hire a master engineer or anyone, is you're trying to hire someone based on your what you think a master engineer should be when you don't know crap about a mastering engineer. So that's why you Mm -hmm. hire someone and say, I trust you. And you should do that on, you know, I'm preaching to everybody at every level. Hire a producer and shut the heck up. Let the producer produce. (laughs) Like, hire your mixer. Let the mixer mix and trust the mixer. Hire the mastering guy. Trust the mastering guy. Don't hire based on your own bias and what you project on to what you think those people should be. Because that defeats the point of building a relationship, trust, and allowing people to really do what they do best. When you start to chokehold people and like tell them how they should be working, obviously there's, you have the right to express your vision and desires, and if there's something wrong, there's something wrong. But at the end of the day, the longer I do this, the more I watch high-up people hire people to let them do their thing. Like, no label person has ever asked me about my gear, my setup, my room, my discography. They literally have just asked the most basic things, and it's a yes or no answer. Can you do this or can you not? Yes or no? And that's it. And those opportunities have only come from me learning how to, I would say, treat the clients below that referred me to them, you know, in a professional manner, which is, I don't waste people's time like at the high up level. And you should respect everyone's time, even when you're not that busy. Respect your own time, respect other people's time, but your client's time is super important. And too many people make their clients jump through hoops and they think their client wants to go through a five-minute website experience or watch a 90-second video Mm -hmm. to then get to a form, to then book something, to then fill out the book form, then to get an auto email that's the most impersonal thing that says, like, <laughs> thanks so much for filling out the form and, you know, we're so excited for your music. It's like, no, you're not. Like, it's okay to have a response where it's just like, you know, we'll get back to you in 24 hours. And then you send an actual human response and you've checked out the material and you actually care about the project. But there's so much amateur crap going around, like the internet, where people are instructing other amateurs, like, this is how you should... Land, this is how you land a label gig and they never had a label gig this is how you get you know, someone famous to notice you or get the blog's attention and they've never done it or maybe they did it one time 8 years ago on a fluke Like, there's just a certain way to treat a client and most of your clients really want you to just let them know that you can do the project on time on budget and that you're going to knock it out of the park you don't need to fluff it up you don't need to show off your gear, you don't need to show off your social media, you don't even have to spend time on those things like the longer I do this, the less and less time I spend doing all those things because it's not what the client is concerned about because the client is basically only concerned about time and money, that's like their most important things to them and you know the the best end product like Sonically is such a moving target, like you could hire we talked about like you could hire me or Matt or somebody else at Sterling and we'd all do an excellent job and all probably give you a product that's totally release ready and it's great like it's kind of a given like I was saying and that's something that's so misunderstood in our industry that if you want to work with professionals then you need to act and talk like a professional and at the professional level you know you think about people you know, in the Olympics or something when they train it's like they are so disciplined and they basically focus on like two or three things that matter and that's it and their whole life is devoted to that they're not like showing off medals or like random things or like the facility they train in or like the, the sponsorships they have they're like freaking in the gym working out working on their gymnastics whatever they do But that's to me like, (laughs) shows how much I know about Olympics. But that's to me what I've learned in like the 10 years is my clients, what your clients really want is for you to basically care, serve them, and do your thing, deliver, and call it a day. Like if you can do that, you're going to weed out all these amateur clients. If you have people respond to you, when you give a simple response of I can do the project for this amount of money in this timeline and I'll give you these formats because that's what you need for a proper release. Yes or no. If people are like, Oh, it sounds good, but how about this? And do you do this? And what kind of room? And how about this? And well, I know this other guy, he's doing it for this rate. So could you match that? No, the answer is no. (laughs) Like the answer is that's not the professional client because those types of people don't know what they want, they're not looking to hire you, and they're probably not a full-time, long-term career-type client. And the way to build what I've seen work for me, and for other people I've helped, is like you want to find the clients that want to hire you for you. They, you want to find people that trust you. You want to find people that do not care whether you use a massive passive silver face Purple, gold, mastering edition. You want the client that says, oh, that sounds good. You can do it for that rate and turn it in that date. Sounds great. See you then. Like, that's who you want. <laughs> and anybody else is going to be a nightmare. That's what I've learned. So that's my opening long monologue. Woo! Matt, do I even need to follow up that? I mean, <laughs> yeah. We need to hear the other side. <laughs> Or you I don't just, even know if there's another
0: side. You can just And by the way, <laughs> the manly color is not purple, it's cobalt blue. Oh, I'm s- I think that's, I'm sorry. I think, that's what it's, I think that's what they call it. I genuinely did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what it is. I'm probably I've wrong. always thought it was purple. I've thought it was purple too, and then I watched the thing on it and I think that's what uh, I think that's what she said it was. Cobalt blue. Beautiful. Beautiful cobalt color. blue.
1: Just a beautiful color. So Matt, Does it? What do you think? How do you treat your clients?
0: What do your clients really want? What
1: do they want, Matt?
0: Uh, I think they hire you for you. Yes, much like what you were saying. I don't think that. I mean, my biggest thing is I don't. Come, I don't work on anything when someone is coming to me for like a wishy-washy reason. Yeah. And I need to have enough respect for what I do to essentially turn down that type of work. So if somebody is saying, hey, we're shooting out three mastering engineers and uh, we'd like for you to shoot out this thing, my answer is no. (laughs) (laughs) It's like for me, it's it's absolutely 100% not worth it. To go through the headache and try to compete, and it's either you like it or you don't, yeah, and it's like and it's like you know what you either it's like you're either gonna hire me for me on some type of recommendation or whatnot, or you're not, and in all honesty, my biggest thing is like right. I'm just I'm not trying to convince people to use me right. it's like I'm not here to make you believe in me, I'm here to. Make your music sound as good as it can, and deliver that. Like when I deliver, I want you to like your your response email to just be like soaked in tears of joy. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I want. Um, I just want like I, I think I've said this before, and if anyone ever watches this, there's this thing on YouTube. It's a video of uh, the ISA uh, the Focusrite ISA consoles. And I think there were only ten of them made, and it's like forty some odd minutes long. Yeah, I probably watch it one or two or too many times a year. And uh, there was there was a time, I guess, his rapper was being. Uh, he, he was listening to himself back through this console, and he's like, "Man, people always tell me that I sound dangerous and sexy, and I never understood what that meant." <laughs> and but now listening back, like this is the first time I've ever felt dangerous and sexy. <laughs> and it's like why should that like not be delivered every time right so that's my goal is just to make someone sound like a million dollars and yeah that's that's really all i want so what like like what do your customers want i mean it's it's like you said like when you push for amateurs like an amateur you get amateurs. (laughs) What do you expect? You go around and you're, you're begging people to work with you and stuff like that. And I mean, one, in all honesty, one of my favorite things is to go up to people who I genuinely believe in, who I knew they would have never come. They would have never even like looked my way, not necessarily like looking down on me. They would have just never looked my way in terms of like thinking, oh, well I should use him to master and I'll go to them and so it's like, hey, I'd love to work on an upcoming record of yours. Um, and I'll do this maybe once or twice a year. I'll say, I'd love to do your next record like completely pro bono. And uh, it's not that I'm in a financial position that I can do that, but I just like working on different records with different people who love music. And then generally that will then compound. I'm not going into that with the expectation of it compounding, but generally that, that type of thing will compound. So it's like, you just go into it, act it like yourself. And like the whole music, <laughs> the whole album's about what's on somebody's heart. Everything that you're working on is somebody's emotions and how mm-hmm. they feel about something and how they're reacting to different situations, whether it's like relational, whether it's just like, Situation. a lot of people write about politics, re- regardless of what it is. I mean, it's all people's hearts, so why not just meet them where they're at? Because they just want that music to translate, even if it's an instrumental album. I just did an instrumental album for a good friend of mine, and it's like, I'm just going to go after that person's heart, and I'm going to try to... Even though there's no words here, there's no nothing uh, like vocally going on. I know what they're trying to say by like how every song is flowing, how stuff is building, and it's like I just want to deliver like the album that you always knew this was. Yeah, and I just want to, I want to make you cry when you listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, uh, I mean. The one thing I the one thing that always gets on me and what I don't think your clients want especially from like a professional style and attitude is you have the <laughs> you have the artist who joins the mastering group on Facebook and then posts a post That says, hi, I'm looking for a mastering engineer to master my 12 songs. Is there anyone here who might be interested? Oh, my gosh. And every time I think about that, I think of uh, every time I'm over in China, there's like over up front of this hotel, there's this koi pond. And you can like throw food into it and stuff like that. And it's like every time you throw food into it, everything swarms trying to get like the little morsel that it can. Mm -hmm. Because they don't know the next time it's going to be fed. And me personally... I've only responded to one of those, and that was in the very beginning. But I've every time I've seen that, I've always said this will – like like how people react to that. I'm like, this will never be me. Right. It's like I will never pander to that type of a client because that's pandering to amateurs. And then it's like what's everyone doing? They're just like posting Dropbox links of like their demo reels and stuff like that. Right. And now this dude has literally the shootout where he can choose who he believes or she believes is the best fit for them. Right. But they don't know anything, and they're actually probably going to be more confused by all the people that are just, like, flocking to it. I mean, and, and it's like staying on that notion, like, what do your customers want? There's one overarching question that no matter what business you're in, whether you own that business, whether you work for a business... There's something that a business is trying to deliver. It's pretty much why most, if not all, businesses exist. And it is, can you solve our problem? Mm-hmm. That is 100% of why most all businesses exist, whether it's from a mastering studio to a production studio to a freaking bar down a street. <laughs> it's like, I want to go to dinner. I want to get drunk. I just want to take an ed- take the edge off or something. <laughs> like, it's, can you solve our problem? It's like you get to like l- look at any of your gear. It's like you look at an EQ and it's like, man, this sounds like shit. I wish it didn't sound like that. Yeah, I now have a problem. This person can now make a piece of gear to make it not sound like butthole. <laughs> it's like that's why anything exists and that's why you exist. You exist to solve people's problems. Yeah, And it, it tags directly on the back of what Sam was saying with essentially, uh, can you deliver on time and can you deliver on budget? It's, it's the most important question that, that is asked. right? So that's, uh, that's my big thing is stop trying to convince people. They hire you for you and they want you to do your job on time and they want you to do your job on budget. So that's really, that's really my big thing. Right. What do you say to that, Sam?
1: I love it. Am I wrong? <sighs> no, you're right. <laughs> I think you're right. Now we're just tooting each other's horns. Watch out. Um, No, I think you're right. And I think, you know, within like what I've learned 10 years, like when I started, what my client really wants to in all this is, you know, say you land the the gig and then you deliver on time and on budget. Yeah, you're winning. And then they have like feedback and this is where like, what your client really wants when they send feedback, most of the time what I've learned, especially the more and more work I do, at the higher up level, the client when they're giving feedback to me, and this is compared to like a beginner client. A beginner client to me mm-hmm. or like an amateur, their feedback is very much rooted in, hey, I think you screwed this up. I know what's best. I want to do it like this. Do that change. Like or they
0: they're telling you like what you did wrong yes or what piece of gear you and then they're telling you, you how to fix it correct and yep. you use too much compression even though Sam doesn't compress right so <laughs> they they you say things like compressor. that <laughs> I own a couple they don't you get used though you don't use them no
1: um, I don't stop giving away my secrets Matt. <laughs> Um, The trick to that silky top end is just leave it the hell alone. (laughs) Exactly. Don't touch anything. Just saturate it. Um, But what I'm saying is at the professional, the more high up level, as as I've noticed, is when I get feedback at that level, it's way more a communal like, hey, I just want to double check with you who you are the expert. What do you think about this idea? And they're asking me to tell them yes or no. They're not commanding me or demanding that I screwed something up. And there's such a big difference in feedback I've noticed over the years of the clients that I love and the clients that love me and the clients who are, I'll say, professional are the ones, if we ever have revisions, they always present it in a way of saying like, hey, what do you think about the low end here? Do you think it feels all right? And they're not Mm -hmm. saying, hey, I think you screwed up the low end. They're asking me to reaffirm them because they've hired me as the expert to tell them, yeah, you know what? It's great. No worries. And then they respond, great. Thank you. And that's it. But when I started, like a lot of people would take that feedback and it's super easy because we're all humans and a lot of us are insecure That you would go, you would just start spiraling. You'd be like, oh, they don't like the low end. Well, what did I do on the low end? Oh my gosh, well, maybe I shelf too much. Oh, maybe I should reprint everything, just send a new version. And you can just start to spiral and respond totally emotionally to the client, or even start like running a revision and sending another version back. And they might just be thinking, like, hey, I just wanted you to tell me that it was fine. (laughs) Like, you did all this work, you spent all this mental energy. And me as the client, once again, time is probably my most important asset, especially at the professional level. I'm not looking to like want to, you know, reinvent the wheel and revise the whole album. So I have to listen to the album again and then send it to AR and then send it to 10 other people and get them to listen to V2. The last thing like a label wants to do is have another album to listen to on top of V1. Yeah. Like that was what I've learned at the high up level. Like, and you can in a forum or, like, even people that are listening who may be like, well, you're compromising and they just don't care about quality. And Fine. Maybe there's some of that. like, But really, they're about getting a product out that they feel like is good enough that the consumer will enjoy it, be entertained, pay money for it, rinse and repeat. And there is a level, once again, of, like, when people pick on labels or like professionals who are on the high level who are executing always and are continually making records that people listen to and stream and pay for and show up for. Like they're the ones who are actually generating the billion dollars of the industry. Like you, you can't pick on them. And also like there is just, like I said, a standard of excellence at the high level where everything that gets turned in is all is almost awesome like it's amazing when i hear other people's work even mastering guys in town who i love and respect when i hear their work i'm like holy crap so good we're like everybody's executing at such a great level this is amazing like we're all creating great art and you're seeing a bunch of people who have spent years and years honing their craft like just in their sweet spot and it's a beautiful thing to watch people It's like watching a basketball team, like play together, like everybody's playing together. They're all executing differently, but all for the same goal of like winning and making, you know, entertaining. And that's what we're doing in music. We're just entertaining like sports is entertaining. That's why people show up. They want to be entertained. And so to me, like at the high level, like feedback and everything, like people just want the project to be done so they can move on and get on with the next project. And that's something where like one of the most affirming things I think I tell newer artists who are like, "Oh, I you know, I'm really nervous about this." Or like, "I've never spent this much money on mastering, but I know like you'll do a great job and it's worth it." It's just telling them like, "Hey, I know like this is your first 10 songs you've ever made in your life, but like this is song 10,000 for me. Like this is what I do every mm-hmm. day. This is like yeah. this is just a Monday for me, which doesn't mean I don't treat your project like it's the first day ever. But you don't want me to treat it like that. You want me to treat it as a master engineer 10 years in, like who knows what to do with your music. You don't want me to treat it like year one Sam, who's like super giddy and sweaty when he gets an email from a client. Like (laughs) you want Sam now who's like, all right, this is...
0: Sweating over a keyboard.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, is this right or not? You want Sam now who's like Zen master over the desk, touching five knobs and being like, hmm, that's great. All right, next project. <laughs> done. That's who you want. Like A little gong in the corner. Exactly. I do have my meditation <laughs> gong. Done. A little bowl that I have. I actually have <laughs> this that. This one is done. Exactly. Gong. But that's to me what I've noticed in my, my journey, the 10 years and watching other professionals is like, there is just a confidence that you operate out of and your client wants to know that and you can start implementing that at year 1 or day 1 like just be confident and like I love what you're saying Matt is being yourself is like the thing like you are going to get so many people that don't want to work with you strictly because they probably don't like you and that's very mm-hmm. normal but the more I'm very not likable <laughs> and you're right <laughs> exactly and we're all that way like I have people that don't like me and I don't even, that doesn't even bother me anymore because there are people I don't like and there's food I don't like. And like the food doesn't get mad at me just because I don't like that certain <laughs> food. Like it's not a personal attack either. I think like in our culture, you can dislike something without it being like an attack. Like you can just be like, I just don't like it. That's all. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it sucks. Doesn't mean I think it's bad. Doesn't mean I hate you. Just means you don't currently have a place in my universe, like of where I spend my time, energy, and what I want to do. Like it's as simple as that. And there can be a a mutual respect. You know, there's some clients I or some people in town that I love and I would love to master work. I just don't think they're ever going to give it to me. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. And I don't have any there's no animosity. There's no frustration. It's just one of those things where like, cool, you got your guy. He does a great job. You got a great thing. I like your music you know, don't switch to me because maybe I'll ruin it. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Like, I like that the other guy does it. So it's one of those things where I think your client, you know, like you were saying, Matt, like they want you to be yourself and they want you to know that you care about it and that you're going to do a great job with it. And you can only really do a great job if you are yourself and you're presenting your true, honest self. And that's probably what this all boils down to for me is like, at the end of the day, you know, me as a human too, like for me, time and money is the most important thing, probably time at this stage in my life. And so whenever whenever I do something or commit to something or say I'm going to do something, it's always an evaluation of time. What does this cost me time-wise? An hour away from the wife or an hour away from mastering or I have to cut this out. Like what is the cost of that in my life, in my finite life of 80 years here? What is it costing me? And that's what your clients are doing every time they hire you or they don't hire you. They're evaluating like time, money, and is the value there? Like, do I think this person can actually do it? So, anytime you start, can't say it enough, like, because I used to do this and it's how you don't get clients, but anytime you start to fluff up the sell with a client in the music industry specifically, it almost always goes bad. Where like the client is they can sniff it out. Like, well, all right. Like, I don't need this whole like song and dance. I just can you freaking get it done by next Thursday so I can upload it, Distro Kid? Like <laughs> Yeah. That's what I need to know. Like, I contacted you or you contacted me, and I responded. So you're already like foot in the door, you know, you've got the pitch already in. So now let's just cut to the chase and can you do this or not and that's the quickest way to weed out amateur people but also build your business up and actually serve people that want to make great music on the professional level so that's all
0: I have Matt and I think that's all we have time for oh sweet You you got a minute and a half before you got to get off the date night I don't have anything else to say take us home Well, there you go. So, I mean, I was was pretty damn happy with that. So, yeah, just be yourself and just do it on time. Right. And do it on budget. Come on. Don't second-guess yourself because you're a professional. Right. So you're good. You can do it. Anywho, if you like what we said, give us some stars, (laughs) thumbs up, comments on iTunes, wherever you're listening. We would greatly appreciate it. And, uh... Yeah, I'm sure Sam has a sweet beat queued up from BezaBeats.com. Woo! If you would like to buy one of Sam's beats, and we have merch. If you would like merch, I don't know how much merch is left. I just like this is going to air whenever it's going to air, and I don't know what's going to be left. Not but much. I did say last week well, last time I guess we recorded, which for you will be two weeks ago if you listen to last episode that my wife and I are having a baby in July. And we need the merch out of the closet or it's going to Sam. <laughs> so, if you want to buy the merch, I would do that. Do or it. Well, Sam's going to be stuck shipping it. So, anywho. Yeah. Yeah. Morning, afternoon, evening, whatever you're having, have a darn good one. Woo-hoo. Sam. Matt. Cue the music. Cue it. Please. See y'all next episode. Thank y'all for tuning in.